Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the One Mind Podcast. Today, we have on Joe Finnerty. Joe is a photographer and a digital creator, and I'm excited to have this conversation with him about being a young entrepreneur and following your passion in life. So, Joe, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm stoked. This is my first podcast, so bear with me, you know, but I'm pretty excited, man. Pretty excited to share some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited that this is the first podcast. I think this will be an amazing episode. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to be you know, the first host for you on a podcast. So, Joe, we met earlier a couple of weeks ago already. And, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about getting started in photography, right? And you started as a wedding photographer. Is that right? Yeah, wedding photographer and, and majority of just taking photos of my friends when I was really young, you know, making YouTube channels here and there. And then when I tried to start, making money, I found an angle to start doing some wedding stuff. Right. And how did you start with, with the actual wedding photography? Because obviously that's a very specific <clears throat> niche. So how was that you know, yeah. target? So at the time, I wasn't, nothing a part of me wanted to shoot weddings. Um, I got lucky because my mom actually has her own business where she's a hairstylist for weddings. And one time I was doing all the video stuff and she was, you know, doing a little trial with a bride and the bride said, I don't have a videographer. And then my mom was like, oh, my son makes videos, yada, yada. So it was a last minute thing. I did it for pennies on the dollar. Um, but that was my first wedding ever and they loved it. And it gave me the confidence that I can actually perform in those stressful professional settings mm-hmm. with using video and photo. Right. I mean, recording and photographing a wedding seems like a very stressful job. I mean, I've been to weddings and you do not want to mess yeah. those up. That's because it's the one time, you know, their special moment. You don't want to ruin that. You're a 16 year old running around with a small camera and they have all the pressure in the world on you. You're fighting with the photo- the other photographers there. And it's just, it's scary. But once you do it, when I did it, it felt so good to like hold some cash from actually making money with my camera. Right. I mean, I would be, I would be too scared to even do that. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a lot for me. So you discovered, you know, photography as a passion of yours. How early did you discover that that was something you wanted to pursue? So it all started, let me think, do you remember, you remember Vine? Yeah. Were you on Vine? Yeah. So I was, I had my iPod and I was making Vines, but I would see all the other Vine creators somehow editing their videos. And I knew when you used Vine, you couldn't edit somehow. So then I started just watching so many YouTube tutorials on how to edit videos and how to take photos. And then I started making stupid, so stupid uh, little videos on Vine. And then from there, I, I was able to, because I was always very creative. So I was able to actually learn how to use my creative ideas and actually put them together into something visually. So around that time, I was probably 12, 13. Actually, I had a YouTube channel when I was when I was nine or 10 and I made spoof commercials. When I used to watch the Geico commercials on TV, I actually made videos where I would wear a suit and I would pretend that I was in the Geico commercials. It's really That's super funny. <laughs> so then creating seems to be something you're always passionate about, right? Creating yeah. something using your, your abilities, right? With photography and understanding mm-hmm. of filmmaking to have an outlet for that. So how did filmmaking and, you know, telling that story through photography catch your attention? When did you know, how did that <clears throat> evolve from, you know, wedding photography, or even from before then with Vine, how did that evolve into, you know, filmmaking and creating more than just maybe photography? Yeah. Um, it was just, 
you know, growing up, you know, I, I feel like me, me and you are the same. Like we, you kind of grow up, you you don't really have technology when you're really young. And then you slowly as you're in, you know, 12, 13, 14, you start getting iPods, iPads. And I would just was obsessed with watching YouTube. And I was just so captivated on how people did this and how they did that, like just small filmmaking techniques. And I was just like, wow, like I really want to do that. So when I took the time to actually learn it slowly, editing on my iPod, moving to a laptop, the process of conceptualizing an idea and then actually executing, putting it together and then seeing the final product is almost like some type of just drug. You know, when you finally finish, you put in all that work and you press play, you watch it, you show it to your friends. And it was just that addicting feeling of just creating something that's there forever that I made from scratch. I, I love that. I, I mean, creating something not just creating something that people will enjoy, but also that you enjoy creating for them and mm -hmm. you know, having that impact on their lives as well. I think filmmaking and you know, telling that story, uncovering that story, showcasing someone else's lives, even in ways that maybe they didn't even see themselves, right? Or maybe there's a certain clip or an action that you, know, you, you were able to cover that maybe you missed the first mm -hmm. time, but someone realized and you know, that maybe impacted their life, right? Yeah. So before getting into the fitness niche, you started filmmaking for and marketing for different companies, right? So how did you start off building connections with those, you know, clients? And, you know, how could someone, you know, maybe they have a specific talent and they have some mm -hmm. sort of, you know, ability that can definitely help um, companies, yeah. but they're at a young age. How would you go ahead and start networking or how did you do it as well in your own life? Yeah. So, so here's how I did it and how I would recommend anybody do it. Like I, which is great now because now I have a platform that I have more exposure working with other influencers with people asking these questions. And I just, I love that because I love giving back my journey and how you can do things similar to me. But the reason, so I first started when it really changed for me and it became like, we're talking income now was working with construction businesses. And it, it was one of those things where it just, you kind of fall into it. And I'll just give you the quick backstory and then I'll tell you you know, big picture. So I was making music videos for my friends and I was putting myself all on my Instagram. I was just posting all these cool little edits, these stupid little edits I was making my friends. And I had somebody who had went to my high school four years before me who was working with this company. And, you know, they were looking to get some videos done, some photos done. And he texted me, he's like, Hey dude, um, you know, my friend, uh, blah, blah, blah. This is his business. We want some videos. And I was like, Whoa, like, I was like, wow, this is like a real opportunity. And I was at first nervous, but it was my first time actually monetizing my skill because for the longest time I've been doing it for fun, but at the same time I'm building up a skill that is now becoming valuable. I'm realizing, okay, I have value now. Um, and then I started shooting with them and I started doing really good. And that's when I started becoming financially stable from my hobby. So it was more or less something I was doing for fun, but now it's something I'm doing for fun and I'm making a living doing. But what I would say to people who are, have a talent and they're trying to figure out a way to work with people and to get opportunities is to just simply take any chance or opportunity you can you can get and just constantly put yourself out on social media you know it's i feel like you even know this too it's people people have that feeling you know if they're in a high school or if they're in school or they have a group of friends to get judged for doing something different yeah. posting their stuff but you only need one person who will actually appreciate your stuff either pay you to do stuff for them or just become their friend. And that person is much better than, you know, 10 friends who are just, you know, busting your chops, but putting yourself out there, just taking up anywhere possible. Like when I, when I first started shooting, I was shooting basketball clinics, 
Um, I was shooting commercials for like garbage bags. I was just doing everything because eventually I was just all it was was I'm hey, I'm you know, maybe this is not exactly what I want to do, but I'm getting paid and I'm getting better at making videos, editing. So the chance that I get that actual really big opportunity, there's no hesitation. I'm ready. I love that. And also, you know, something you alluded to last time we met, the path to pursuing your passion is not so cookie cutter laid out, right? So you were still doing filmmaking. You were still doing what you love to do and what you wanted to pursue mm -hmm. full time, long term, but not in the way you may, may have imagined early on, right? That maybe oh, not, 100%. right? Maybe not filming for, you know, the garbage truck or, yeah. right? or a construction company, maybe that's not what you envisioned, right? Mm -hmm. When you thought of yourself as a, a photographer and a filmmaker, but I mean, how has that mindset, how did you get that mindset of, you know, I'm still on the right path, even when you're not doing exactly what you envisioned when you first started? Yeah, I think with that, it's just getting into that mindset, that mind state where you're just so obsessed that you know, that every step you take, no matter it's not exactly where you want to be, it's an actionable step to take you where you want to go. So, you know, whether I don't specifically enjoy, you know, filming a construction video at first, but then I started doing it and I was like, oh, this is fun. This is fun because it was just, it was, it was not something that is really publicized. Like no one glorifies filming construction videos, but when you do it and you, you actually, you know, it's fun. It's cool to see cool slow motions of dude's cut in stone like it just sounds boring but it actually is cool and at the same time as much you know you have to take these opportunities because you know if I want to do something else I still have to be able to financially support myself to buy new gear you know what I mean I can't camera stuff's expensive so I had to take any opportunity possible and from a business standpoint there was more financial gain for a big corporation business to make videos for them versus a single person and I mean, it's also, it speaks to the journey. It always comes back to the journey. When I'm talking with all these entrepreneurs, it always comes back to the journey. They weren't in the exact setting that they wanted to do, but they're still, the action that they were doing was still what they wanted to do. So maybe they weren't, you know, creating the perfect company, but they still had a certain mission or they were still building something that they were passionate about. It just didn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. But there's still that, you know, talent or quality that you're adding to a certain company that you're building up that you can't replace. It doesn't matter how, where you're putting it at the same time, if you're able to own that skill, you'll be able to succeed once you find out, okay, what is best suited for me to put this skill to use as. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that definitely starting young and understanding from a young age that you definitely have a certain skill that can be used in the quote unquote real world. And mm -hmm. as soon as you're able to find that, and as soon as you're able to not give a, you know what, about what anyone else thinks about it. Yeah. You'll be able to make some noise in this world. So mm -hmm. I think that definitely needs to be something that is talked about more and not caring about what others and your peers think. Yeah. And I think that's what holds, honestly, 90% of people who want to take any entrepreneurial venture. Like I remember when I was, when I was in high school, I had a when I when I was in middle school, I had a YouTube channel with two of my friends and we did just stupid little challenges like hot cinnamon challenge, but it was fun and I edited the videos pretty well. And I left the videos up because this is memories. I don't really care. But it would always be in high school, someone would go up in class and they would play my videos from when I was 12 with all my friends on the smart board yeah. and we'd all be cracking jokes. It was in it was like lighthearted, but like 
it obviously was a little embarrassing. You know what I mean? And that could have easily swayed me away. Like, oh my God, like this is, I'm going to go delete that. I'm going to go, I, I don't want to put myself out there. Like, I don't want to risk this happening, but I just decided to just flip my perspective and just own it and be like, yeah, dude, that was me. Like, that was sick. I had a YouTube channel when I was 12 and the video editing was great, you know? And I feel like that's what stops a lot of people because they're just scared of opinions of other people. 100% stops most people. When I was starting out, I was so nervous. Like, I, I probably still have the text if I find it. Like, like what if, what if this person says this? What if, you know, the, the great group chat starts talking, you know, crap about it or you know, mm -hmm. says how embarrassing it is and how, like, I'll never make it. Like, why are you trying to be, you know, something else? Why aren't you trying to go down the quote-unquote traditional path? But exactly. Then I, but then I realized, first I realized, who cares? Mm -hmm. But then once I started the first one and then the second one, I realized nobody was saying anything negative. If anything, people were starting to, you know, start following the Instagram, started liking the posts. They started, you know, even texting me individually. Some people like, good job, like yeah. on this episode, you know, like proud of you. Like even, even if they didn't mean it like full heartedly, they were just saying that to be nice. Like it still, it means a lot because you're not getting that negative perception that you thought was going to mm -hmm. come yeah. with posting on the internet because you know you always hear about the trolls but also when you're in this high school environment yeah people people will make fun of you people will crack jokes with you and even if it's not you know meant to be malicious it'll still sway you in a certain position like you were saying because you know you're still vulnerable in that <clears throat> position when you're first starting out your first couple episodes your first couple you know films right you're very vulnerable at that position and it's not easy to just say okay screw what you're saying because i know I'm good at this. You don't necessarily yeah. know you're good at this. You might know that you love you you have a passion for it, but maybe not it might not be for you. You don't know yet. But at the yeah. same time, it's so easy to get into someone's head at that stage. So I think it definitely speaks to just yeah. tuning everyone out and living living life like you want it. Yeah. Just having the willpower to shut everything out, shut everything down to you, focus, because even the same thing, like the people who would be like cracking jokes to me. Same thing now when I see when I see somebody out at a friend's house. Yo, man, I see, da, da, da. and I love that. And I, I I honestly really appreciate that. I mean, so much that someone would say something like that to me. But it's like uh, using that as an example, as you know, when people don't see results at first, they're very quick to judge you, and then you get the smallest bit of results, and then people will start respecting you. So even though it doesn't matter what people think, no matter what level you are, like you shouldn't be doing things to get approval from other people. But it just you know that's what happens. Hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. I think once once you start winning, that's when people say that they believed in you. But until mm -hmm. then, nobody cares. Nobody yeah, cares until and you make something out of it. People are so quick to I mean it's even happened to me, you know, when somebody decides they want to take a different route and it's like they don't understand exactly what you're doing, but they just know, you know, you're just on your computer all day and like you're not really making money or anything. So people are just so quick to just be like, Oh, what is like what is he doing? Like when is he gonna like go get a real job? But nobody, nobody understands that. So as a person who's in that position, you have to just keep pushing and then just just block it out. Just do not listen to anybody. 100%. 100%. So, Joe, you obviously started with the construction and different companies, but now you've mm -hmm. transitioned into the fitness niche, right? Yes. And so how did that transition work? How did you decide that was something you wanted to pursue? Why did mm -hmm. you do it? Did you be someone who... <clears throat> you into it how did that go out how did that go out so this all started because i guess 
I guess in the beginning of high school, I was insecure with the way I looked. So I started working out like junior, senior of high school. I started seeing some results. I'm like, I, I feel like the man. I'm like, dude, I want to start making some. And this is like COVID just started. So there's a lot of, you know, fitness influencers on TikTok, YouTube. I'm like, dude, I want to start posting fitness TikToks, fitness YouTube. I'm like, I want to be a fitness influencer. And I started doing that for a little bit. And I just uh, didn't really feel like me. You know, it didn't really feel like, uh, I don't know. But I, I watched a lot of fitness YouTubers, right? So, for example, Jesse James West, who I now am really good friends with and I work very closely with. I watched a lot of his stuff, early COVID, um, all the other guys. And I was like, wow, like I can make such a cool gym edit. And I used to get so frustrated when I try to film myself because I was like, when I would give the camera to my friend, I'm like, oh, man, I want you to just get that angle that way. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just, I want to film it. I want to just film it. I already have the vision. I need to get behind the camera. So I started filming some of my guys at the gym. I was like, yo, dude, let me make you an edit. And then I started making money because I was selling um, these gym edits with photos, these Instagram reels, super catchy rap music, you know, all that stuff. And I just started doing that, building up um, a little bit of a platform for fitness stuff. And people were just driving to my gym to come shoot with me. And I remember it was probably a year and maybe two months ago. Um, Jesse was he was living in LA at the time and he came back to New Jersey and just so happens that in New Jersey he lives about 30 minutes from my house hometown but he was home and a good friend of mine was working at the gym I go to and apparently he came into the gym and I was like hey man this is to my friend who works at the desk I was like dude you gotta put the word in for me you gotta put the word in for me um and it, this is a big thing also just you have to hustle extremely hard and this is a good example of that but it was, it was Jesse's best friend, Mason, who's also now a really good friend of mine. He came in. He was talking to the guy at the desk, my friend. His name's Tommy. Shout out, Tommy. Um, and Tommy's like, hey, dude, my my good friend, you know, he's the best in the area. He does videos, photos, et cetera. Um, I heard Jesse might be needing a new videographer. He's back from L.A. Um, this, this, and that. And then Mason's like, yeah, bro, let me uh, give him his number, all that stuff. And then I was home. And probably 30 minutes later, Jesse texts me. He says, Hey, bro, are you Joey? And I'm like, dude, at this point, because I'm not going to lie. I've even told Jesse this. I was like a fan. So I was like fangirl. You know what I mean? But I had to keep it cool. So I was like, yeah, bro, of course. I drove to the gym. And in about 15 minutes, we did a photo shoot. We shot like five different outfits for one of his sponsors. And then he asked me, hey, bro, you want to come shoot some YouTube videos in Maryland? And then two days later, we took a four-day trip together. And the rest is history. And then I started doing more and more fitness stuff from there. But that's my that was my big, I, I would say, breakthrough. That's that's Lots unbelievable. <laughs> no, that's unbelievable. I mean, and you said that earlier on, you had people coming to you once they saw how, you know, quality and amazing your videos were, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so it that's so unbelievable because even then, I mean, you didn't have as big a following, but you were still producing your best effort. You're putting your best effort forward and look where it got you, right? Yeah. So how does how does that you know mindset of you know going from first wedding photography then you're going to filmmaking then you're going to more of your own personal journey maybe fitness journey all the way to creating film and photographing someone who has a real a massive following right and mm -hmm. a very specific niche as well how do you really capitalize on that specific niche and differentiate yourself as well mm -hmm. it's just being hungry being extremely hungry to you know, some of that with Jesse was like, I want to meet these guys. I want to film with them. I want to be in their network. I want to learn from them. A lot of this, I, I like to learn from a lot of these influencers that I'm now really close friends with. But at the same time, with half of the creating and enjoying creating, 
the other half of me loves business. I'm obsessed with business, right? And I bouncing around, taking every opportunity I can because every time I take a new opportunity, I make you know usually I can make more money because you know I see something I'm like okay, that doesn't seem that much fun compared to what I did before, but it'll provide me more money to do more fun things you know because at the same time I want to grow cash flowing business and I want right. to create so I can sacrifice a little bit of what I'm doing but I still get to create and I still get to enjoy the process and I get to make more revenue. So I still do construction. I still have clients that are good friends of mine now that when I'm not shooting fitness content, I come back and I, I make construction videos and I just do everything. I still am doing everything I possibly can. And I just don't, I don't put all my eggs in one basket. So speak a little bit more about that though, not putting all your eggs in one basket because it seems like majority of people advise you to find your niche, mm -hmm. stick to it, make it the best you can. So you still revert back to some of your other clients and maybe different channels or topics that you create for. So do you think that's helped or maybe it's been not as helpful to your path to succeeding and becoming the best mm -hmm. filmmaker you possibly can? Yeah, I could see it as there's two ways to probably look at it. There could be, okay, why wouldn't you just want to go all in at one, become the best possible instead of trying to do other things and just be good at one. Um, because... Well, number one, I became really good friends with the construction company owners. So they're really good friends of mine. So I always help them out, you know, and they've always been a hand to feed me when I was younger. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep providing for you. I'm not just, you know, because I have a new opportunity, cut you loose, you know? And okay. for me, like the word filmmaker, like I don't see myself in 20 years, like just being a filmmaker, you know what I mean? Like directing films. I see myself owning a production company, um, working closely with brands and having my own you know, my own platform eventually, you know, I don't, I never would see myself on any types of like sets with more than three people, like big movie sets. That's that was when I was younger, I wanted that. But as of right now, not really. And you know, what I mean by not putting all my eggs in one basket is it could be relative to the same niche, right? So for example, the fitness industry, I will do videos for two separate brands. I'll do videos for Jesse. I'll do videos for other influencers. And just by doing that, I'm not, you know, just micro, micro, super specific to one person. I'm still in the fitness industry, but I'm now like expanding to doing brand work versus, you know, YouTube videos for individuals. If that makes sense. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I understand that. And also I love what you said um, about, you know, helping back to people who would help you when you were just starting out and, you know, not forgetting about the people who really supported you mm -hmm. earlier on in your you know, your journey. I think that is amazing. Um, I mean, when you say, you know, maybe 20 years down the line, having a production company, working with different brands, maybe different actors. So what is the story that you're trying to tell? What are you trying to create in the long run that maybe once you have the resources and the ability to, you'll be able to do? That's, that's tough. That's tough because as you know, as what I told you before, and I was taking up all these different opportunities and going from niche to niche, who knows five years from now, I could be doing something completely different. But to generalize, I know my long-term vision is to build a successful business, um, accumulate wealth. And my biggest picture is to do what I love, create, um, support my family. Like Those are just my core values. I don't know what exactly it will morph into, but right now, 
I couldn't be more grateful for where I am. And I'm just going to keep just taking every opportunity I want. So I honestly, it's, it's, I can't even really give you a specific answer. I get that hundred percent. I think, you know, everyone talks about having a one long-term goal and that's it, right? Everything doesn't matter what happens. You have to end up getting to that point, but at the same time, yeah. you don't know where life's going to take you and yeah. you can, Oh, and something can happen. You still might have the same you know, abilities like we were talking about in the same passion, but at the same time, maybe the end goal looks different, right? Maybe you become something you weren't envisioning, but it still has to do with your niche yeah. and your abilities because you really never know. I mean, I heard a great quote about how it all comes full circle at the end, right? Mm -hmm. It all comes full circle. Maybe you had in, you wanted to impact the world and you know, help, you know, with world hunger, right? But at the same time, rather than saying, I'm going to end world hunger, you worked that hard for 20 years. If you're working that hard for 20 years, trying to end world hunger in a certain location, you're going to do some pretty amazing work. So yeah. maybe you didn't reach that final destination, but at the same time, 100%. the destination that you got, that goal has been unbelievable. And it's mm -hmm. not something that you can really measure at the same yeah. time, right? I, I like to look at it as, you know, if you go as far right as you can and as far left, eventually you'll come right into a circle, you know? And yep. yep. I, I actually, for example, I think in the future, no matter what I'm doing, I eventually, so I want to build a very successful business because I would love one day to be a, some type of motivational speaker, um, mm. to speak to younger people like me who is in my position to uplift them and just have something to prove. I want to you know prove myself, hey, I did this and you can do it too and really be able to show what I've done, what I've built. And that's why I'm doing the venture that I told you about we previously met that I just started my marketing agency where we do Facebook, Instagram, TikTok ads. And that's not really that creative, but that's going to help me grow a successful business so I can help motivate people, teach. Right. And you're still sticking to your niche, still taking to your quote unquote toolbox, right? You're still taking to your mm -hmm. toolbox and, you know, making, making your money. You have to be responsible and understand that you still need money in order to fund your venture and yeah. be able to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. I like asking thought-provoking questions as well that relate to you know, we, what we've been talking about. So number one, how has the pandemic changed your life? And if the pandemic never happened, do you think you would have been just as successful as you are now? I think if the pandemic didn't happen, I don't think I would be in the same position. No, not at all. And I think that goes for a lot of people too. I think I would have just went through the paces. I, you know, went to college or something, but pandemic, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The pandemic, I did play a lot of video games. I don't play video games anymore. I left video games in COVID. Um, but I was just immensely bored that I just started, you know, I worked out at home because the gyms were closed and I was just watching all these YouTubers and I was like, wow, like, I was watching all these other people have success during COVID because everyone was on their phone. So a lot of people on social media were getting followings. And I was, I, I felt like I was watching an opportunity fly past me. I was, I seeing all these people grow so fast. And I was like, like, I'm like, you know, you see somebody go from like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube to like 200,000. You're like, I was there from the beginning. I could literally do this. I mean, and obviously I'm not a YouTuber. It's a different situation, but I'm like, I could, if I just try super hard, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And just having that isolation during COVID and just being alone, being in my thoughts, you know, browsing the internet and just watching people doing stuff that I wanted to do really just changed my whole perspective. So I would say COVID 
hundred percent um, helped lead me to the path that I'm on. I don't think I'm near the level of success that I want to be, but I think short term I've seen some success, you know. And and yeah, that's what I think. I agree hundred percent. I think the pandemic has changed a lot of people's lives. I mean, that was my college essay. What it was about? It was about finding safety within the pandemic. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that sounds, and as paradoxical as that sounds. It's true. I mean, a lot of people were able to find themselves in the pandemic because of just being isolated and understanding what really matters and yeah. being able to pursue your passion because what else is there to do? You realize you have one life when the pandemic is taking tons of lives every day and you're mm-hmm. not even able to see your friends, your family sometimes. Yeah. You realize your life is so valuable. And if you're not pursuing what you want to do, what is your end goal? At the yeah. Time? Like, what is your purpose if you're not pursuing what you're even good at and what you're passionate about? I think yeah. that was definitely eye opening. And I think the pandemic definitely brought that to all of us. So, I agree. Last question. This is a new one that I thought of this week. What is something that other people value or the majority of people value that you don't? I would say see, it's hard because I like nice things, but I wouldn't describe myself as a materialistic person. Um, but for example, I just I, I just got a new car because I like cars. I like driving cars. And it, for me, it's a way to measure success in myself, invest in myself mm-hmm. and be like, OK, you have new responsibilities. You've leveled up So that. I would say that could be easily passed off as saying, OK, you're not materialistic, but you have a new car. But. When it comes, when I meet somebody for the first time and they're and they're dripped out in, in designer clothing, like for me, it just doesn't impress me. You know, I'm super about just understanding a person and really seeing what either their intentions are, who they are as a person. And I just am not impressed by people who try to put on a persona with, you know, flat, like not flashy, but I don't know. I, I just don't spend my money on that kind of stuff. I It's just other people value it. I don't. Uh, maybe that could change. Maybe that could change, but I don't know. I just feel like I have another mission and another, you know, I'm on like a conquest and I just don't have time to be spending money on things like that or caring what other people think about how I look. But I think, I think that'd be one. Yeah. I love that. I think that obviously in measuring success, I want to talk about that first. I, that was actually, so I, I host a weekly Twitter space and mm-hmm. today's question, cause I like having like a topic that we, you know, dive into was how to measure success. So and you, so it's great that you brought that up in that exact term, how to wow. measure success. Because it's so interesting because we were going and speaking about, you know, measuring success in terms of religion, you know, fiscal responsibilities at a company. But then you start to realize if you don't have your own individual goals that aren't aligned with other externalities, you will never be satisfied and you'll never be happy. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, maybe the fancy car isn't really important, but at the same time, it validates what you've been doing, right? It still yeah. shows you that mini goal of maybe I'm not there yet, but I just bought a Bentley with how much work I put in. Mm-hmm. That's that's a landmark almost on the yeah. on the path to life, right? That's when you're talking about a board game, you just landed at, you know, one of the next levels. Yeah, it's right? a game. And for me, it's it's like I'm challenging myself. It's like, okay, I'm going to set you back. Let's 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 make even more money or or make find more opportunities. Let's go back and let's grind harder like we have nothing, and and just get right back to it. Uh, it for me, that's that's my my perspective on it. Yep, and it's also a challenge being able to understand that just because you got to a certain point and you reached a certain level, 
doesn't mean you're done. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the beginning. The top of an, a mountain is just at the bottom of the next, right? Yeah. So proud but never satisfied. Exactly. So definitely, you have to keep grinding, and no matter where you end up, you should always be striving for more. And I think that is definitely something I've learned in this conversation and being able to measure success and being successful well as a whole. Joe, this has been unbelievable. This has been great. I'm so glad we were able to connect. I knew I this know. conversation was going to be amazing. I just knew as soon as I met you. Yeah. And I mean, I love talking with entrepreneurs, especially you know younger entrepreneurs that are similar to in age yeah. with me. I think that is also extremely important, yeah. being able to you know, learn from one another when maybe you're getting similar life experience and similar, mm. you know, tests in life. Yeah. And I mean, thank you everyone who tuned in and listened and we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Joe. We're out. <laughs>